Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Christian Networking Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Pastor T, and we're here to talk to emerging entrepreneurs, community leaders, and the Christian community. So we hope that you're going to enjoy the show. We have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Deanna Appling, and welcome to the show, Deanna. Thank you so much, Teresa. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have you. So here um, we talk about emerging entrepreneurs, small business owners, and community leaders. And I would say she's kind of like all three wrapped up into <laughs> one, right? Because she's an emerging and existing entrepreneur. Yes. Totally a community leader, right? And then a small business owner. So tell my guests a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, well, as Teresa mentioned, my name is Deanna Athling. I am the owner uh, and coach as well of Business Advocates Pro, where I basically help small business owners and managers transform toxic and dysfunctional company culture. So uh, that's done through leadership coaching as well as staff training and really just helping them create a strategy to implement in their workplace so that their team is coming to work because they want want to and not just because they have to. That's cool, Banks. So before we get into your business and what you do and how you can help people with these toxic environments that are happening, tell me a little bit about you. So how did you get started? I know that you're a fellow Brian and Stratton yes. alumni. Yes. Brian and Stratton. <laughs> yes. So um, tell me a little bit about you, how you got started, a little bit about your background, how you grew up, you know, sure. all that good stuff. Sure. Um, well, it's funny. I always like to say uh, when talking about the background and things like that, you know, I was one of those little girls playing business, as we called it, in my grandmother's house with my cousin, and I was always the boss or the manager. <laughs> and in doing that, um, you know, we turned her her dining room into our conference room, and we had the end tables in the in the living room, and that was our offices. But I always knew that I wanted to be in business, but obviously, as a kid, you don't know what that really entails or what what's that about. Um, but I've been very blessed as far as my experience and the um, opportunities that I've had. I've been able to. My first job was actually, you know, not traditionally how most uh, teenagers are at a restaurant fast food restaurant or a store right. but I had the opportunity to actually work in a business setting in an office so I had really early exposure as to what would go on in a workplace but something kind of uh weird happened <laughs> because while I was there and although I was a teenager you know I, I've learned a lot about professionalism from watching my mother she's very strong work ethic and integrable and I always knew how it was to carry yourself as a professional but I started noticing that when I was in the workforce that I would work for companies where the expectation of my performance was here uh -huh. but I wasn't given the tools necessary to reach those expectations I wasn't provided training opportunities and things like that and then I think all of us have had that experience where you run into the dreadful boss, the bad boss that you're working for. <laughs>
<laughs> so um, I really just started to realize, like, hey, this doesn't seem right. So, you know, I, very ambitious, and I want to work, and, you know, I'm, I'm eager to learn things. So I kept going in my career. I had different positions and things like that, working for great companies, but it was still that same thing missing. Something, something. It was something missing. Something. And I, I started to realize, well, something's wrong. You know, why aren't we being led the right way? Or it's, it's management and trying to really figure out what's going on. And of course, you know, you think you have all the answers. And so I had developed that attitude where, you know, well, when I am able to get promoted to a management role, I'm gonna be able to impact so much change. Until I got my first leadership role. <laughs> and when I got wah, my first wah, leader, wah. exactly. When I got my first leadership role, it was like, you know, you think you're gonna impact all of this change, but if you aren't equipped to do so, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impo let's pause right there because I want to go back and see, say some things and talk about some things that you talked about. Mm -hmm. So you talked about as a kid yes. growing up playing business mm -hmm. and being in the boardroom <laughs> and having fun with your family and your friends. And I think that's where it all starts. I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs... To me, entrepreneur is like a, a new term because when I grew yeah. up, we was hustlers. My mother was a hustler. My grandmother was a hustler. Yes. We was all hustlers, right? Yes. And so in growing up, when you see that a child has a gift, yes. it's very important to cultivate that gift, Absolutely. right? To, to feed them whatever it is. So like you, I grew up doing the baby dolls hair. Yeah. So I cut yeah. all of their hair and, and did all whatever I could uh -huh. do to the baby dolls hair, I did it. Yes. And then I started babysitting. And so when I was baby sitting then the kids became my baby dolls right? right and I was doing their hair and then I remember like I said I'm glad my mother cultivated that mm -hmm. entrepreneur inside of me so when you would come to pick up your kid let's say if it was ten dollars for me to babysit yeah and then she was like you would get ready to pay me ten dollars my mother like uh-uh you owe her fifteen dollars because she did her hair too you know <laughs> so right. it was right. like and that that was like at eight years old right you know so it was already in me I knew that the beauty industry was something that I wanted to do mm -hmm. so some innate that still small voice on the inside mm -hmm. knew yes. when you were a kid that this is what I want to do. Absolutely. And I will say one key piece that I, I didn't mention and you reminded me actually, um, as far as that being when you recognize that gift that a child has, I will say that I'm blessed to have a mother and a family and a grandmother at the time who saw what my interests were and yes. what my capabilities were because what tended to happen is I would go to church and I'm like sixth, seventh grade, and even in my high school years, I'm the youngest person in the leadership classes at my church doing the leadership training. And again, I, God, I always say he has the best sense of humor he because does. he literally trained me from a kid all the way through, in a, through my, my adult years to be aware of what leadership was about. So I had the awesome opportunity where, you know, I could have easily been sleeping in on a Sunday, but we would go to church an hour or two earlier to participate in leadership training. So yes. I had that exposure to understand what leadership was in ministry. And that's, you know, again, from my, my mother and women in my family yes. and my grandmother being able to see that and, and help cultivate that in that's my life. That's amazing. So you said your mother showed you an example. What kind of work was your mother doing at that time? My mother worked in, um, the, in pharmacy, okay. and she uh, did that for several Several years so it's interesting because you know when I shared the the story of, of how I knew I wanted to be in business right 
my mom didn't she didn't necessarily work for a place where she wore you know a suit or mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. things like that she wore pharmacy lab clothes okay however my mother's work ethic and even to this day I would say is unmatched and mm-hmm. I learned that directly from her uh, my mother was always timely she was punctual she rarely ever called off and even with being a single mother she still made sure that she took care of her responsibilities and anyone who would speak of her spoke of her with prestige and integrity and I saw that growing up so when I did get into the workforce you know my mother of course she's like you're 16 years old you need to go get a job and (laughs) I wanted to work so that wasn't an issue but again God's sense of humor I went on interviews at different stores in the mall you know I went to all the fast food places the grocery stores I I aced the interview my mother taught me how to interview but I couldn't get those jobs okay and the job that I got ironically was in a business office in a medical practice so just being under her and seeing that really helped shape me into how you should behave and interact in a workplace. Well, that's amazing. And like I said, it's so important to cultivate the gifts in children when you see them. And it's never too early. It's yes. never too early. When you see that a child has a gift, it's never too early to introduce them to entrepreneurship, to Absolutely. introduce them to what it is that they have a passion for. Because if you have a passion for that thing, you're more likely to do that thing yes. and to do it with excellence. Absolutely. Excellence. Absolutely. Okay, you don't went through high school, you don't went through leadership. <laughs> classes at charge now you're about to go to school let's talk about that yes so um you know throughout the the journey of realizing oh well when I become a manager or when I become a leader I'm going to make all of this change and then I started to realize yeah you don't know about leadership it's not as easy as it seems. And then I started to become that dreadful boss or that mm. dreadful leader that I was trying so hard to get not away from. Me, and if yeah. I'm being honest, that I judged prematurely right, because I right. wasn't walking in that role. Mm. And there are big shoes to fill to, to lead a team or to lead anyone. So um, at that time, I actually had, uh, I was at Brian and Stratton. I got okay. uh, my associates and my bachelor's in business from there. But when I started to get serious and I, I would say had different work experiences, you know, I would get these great jobs and still see the same dynamic in the workplace. It didn't matter how known the company was. It didn't matter how many bosses or directors or any of that was. There were still key things missing and high turnover and, you know, just a dreadful work environment to be in and no room for development or growth and training as an employee who wants to do those things. Right, right. So I started to really just try to figure out, well, what do I want to do? Why am I experiencing this? And then it was just like, well, you don't have to stop going to school. So I pretty much engulfed myself in learning about management science, understanding what leadership was. And I went on to Indiana Wesleyan University and I achieved my master's degree um, in that because it, it was basically like a fire in me. Like I want to know the ins and outs of this yeah. so that in these types of roles, I can help people be their the best version of themselves. And then it turned into, well, why isn't that your business? You know, and it was just <laughs> in me. <laughs> and again, got it his sense of humor. And um, I engulfed myself in, in training and even outside of schooling, get my master's degree. Um, 
I would do coaching programs. I did got certifications in various different things, project management, uh, various levels, mm-hmm. because it was important to me to understand the ins and outs of how to lead people and how to cultivate a work environment and a culture where people are there because they want to be and they're given what they need to excel at their jobs and do it well. And that's so important because if people are there because they want to be, you come with a whole different mindset, Completely. right? You Completely. come with a whole different set of back. Baggage. We all got some baggage. We coming in bag lady. You gonna miss your bus. Yes. But you know, we all come in with, with this, but when we come in with it, the bags are not holding us down. That's right. We're there and, and we wanna be there and we're excited about being there. Absolutely. And then we're contributing in a way that's meaningful, not just for myself, but meaningful for everybody, all Absolutely. parties involved. So before Absolutely. we get into the dynamics of your business, I want you to talk about you talked about training yes. and getting extra training training. I see that you're Six Sigma certified. Yes. So talk about that. I mean, I'm a I'm, girl. Talk about Six Sigma. <laughs> so the idea uh, for me when I decided to do Lean Six Sigma training, I really I was working for a company and I did a lot with project management, and I started realizing as I started really working in my own business that I'm managing projects. So I didn't wait for the company that I was working for to offer that opportunity to me to, to learn project management in an efficient way and understand what la- what waste is in a, in a workplace or work process, I should say. And I just decided, actually I remember when I did it, um, I had some like vacation time at the end of the year and I was just you know sitting around binging on Netflix and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, focus on being Lean Six Sigma certified. And so I went ahead and I signed up. I did the classes, I did the training, and what I love about Lean Six Sigma and what I honestly encourage any professional or a manager, small business owner to focus on with that, it gives there's a an acronym that is provided in, in Lean Six Sigma. It's called DMAIC. And it's a way or a method of how you look at process workflows and determining if it's you know productive, efficient, or if it's wasteful. And so you define, you measure, you analyze, you improve, and then you imp- wait, am I spelling it right? You define, you measure, you analyze, and then you Am I saying that right? Demaya. Define You define, you measure, measure you analyze, analyze and evaluate. You is improve, improve and then you correct. correct. Sorry about that. I wanted Demaya. to make sure I got okay. everything correct. And to me, when I took that methodology and I really just applied it into every area of work that I did so whether that was working with a company or working with a team or even working at a full-time job right everything that I'm doing to in order to improve that process and improve that performance that I'm producing or that someone else is producing you focus on defining what it is that you're looking for you measure that outcome you analyze it you improve it and you correct that method so Awesome, awesome. When I seen that, I was like, oh, you know, I went to Brian and Stratton mm-hmm. as well, um, got my bachelor's there, and, you know, we learned about Lean Six Sigma, and I thought that was just so awesome. And I kept on saying, I want to do Lean Six Sigma, I want to do, but I don't want to pay for it. So if anybody <laughs> out there got some um, Lean Six Sigma training that, you know, we can get involved in, yes. um, that will sponsor me, I will be an <laughs> excellent student. I'll be an excellent student. So, yeah, I love the fact that you took the initiative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so look, let's think about 
this, um, ladies and gentlemen who are watching. Whatever it is that you're doing is also it's always more training. Yes. So some training comes with a dollar. Yes. Some training comes with the time. So you got to pay something. You got to pay either way. Absolutely. My grandmother used to say, "You're gonna pay cash or you're gonna pay attention. <laughs> either way, you're gonna pay. Either like way, that. you're gonna pay." Absolutely. So in paying attention now in the information age that we live in, and with all these YouTube videos and YouTube training, it's just a matter of paying the time Literally. to get what you need, Absolutely. right? But then sometimes you have to pay cash because you got to get it polished to the point where it's applicable to what you're doing. Yeah. So kudos to you to taking the time out, not just to go to school and get a degree, but also get that extra certification to make you even that much more qualified yes. to make you, you that much more um, marketable yes. to make your paycheck <laughs> that much more bigger. It's bigger work. Yes. Bigger. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about, okay, so the whole premise of your business is taking company cultures and business strategies to help businesses grow yes. and eliminate a toxic environment. Yes. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. So uh, like I said, the biggest thing for me is helping small business owners and and managers, people who have direct reports in the workplace, to cultivate a company culture where people are coming to work because they want to and not because they have to. So I understand that there's some fluff around or people consider fluff and uh, somewhat of a buzzword type of perspective when it comes to company culture well, and how to focus on you. that. And, you know, well, it's just something that people talk about or it's not really important. It doesn't have any real benefits or ROI. And I, there are numbers. There is data that supports the benefit and the great investment that you have with focusing on company culture. So for to start from the beginning, you know, what is company culture? Some people could perceive it as a program. You know, it's when the employees wear jeans every Friday. <laughs> it's when we go, we have Dress a... Dress down exactly. It's company culture. Right. So before you go into that, I always like to make things clear because everybody is watching is not business savvy yes. and certified. So you say ROI. So yes. when you talk about ROI, that's the return on your investment. Absolutely. So what does that mean as it relates to a return? There are numbers that support why business owners and managers need to focus on making company culture a priority. And... It's been shown and proven that companies that focus on employee engagement and increasing the the positivity in their company culture, they have been shown to increase customer satisfaction by 40%. They have been shown to increase employee engagement by 40% and profits by 35%. So first of all, those are great numbers. Those are great percentages of increase for any business, but I like to break those three things down a little bit. 40% of customer satisfaction is improved. 40% okay. of employee engagement is improved. And 35% of profit. All right. If you look at that, the biggest increase in focusing on culture is not about the profit. It's not focusing on the profit, but the people. The customers, the employees are the people. So when you make that the priority and how you are looking at your work environment, how things are being handled, um, what behaviors are considered appropriate and, and what is toxic and removing that toxicity. Right. When you focus on the people aspect, the profits follow. So I always encourage business owners and managers to set the equation of focusing on people first, okay, then purpose, then the product or whatever it is that you're selling or offering to, to people, and then the profits. The people come first. So you said people first. People first. Then the products. Per the purpose. The purpose. Yes. 
People first. People first, then the purpose, purpose. then product. Product. And then, and the, then profit. the profit is last. Yes. Okay. So with that equation, we're talking about focusing on the people. Yes. So when you talk about focusing on the people with the company culture, and I'm looking at your demand. <laughs> <laughs> you making it measurable yes. with the third. I'm paying attention. Yes. I'm paying attention. Yes. So with the demand so when you're focusing on the people, what are some of the tips? Or, you know, tricks. I hate to use that, but that's what they call it, tips and tricks. What are some of the tips and tricks that you can give the employer or the small business owner to help them to focus on the people? Absolutely. Make employee engagement a priority. I can't stress that enough. And, again, that's one of those things that a lot of people seem to believe is just, we don't really have to worry about it, or it's a program. Employee engagement is not an HR responsibility. Your human resources department or person is not responsible for employee engagement. The direct report that manager, that leader, that small business owner is. Why? Because employee engagement is a relationship. I always like to compare it to a marriage. In any marriage, you're in a, a partnership. You're in a, it's a relationship. So you have to make time and make it intentional to understand what your counterpart, your partner needs to be able to go about their day well, to be well in this relationship. Right. It's no different with a manager and their staff. You have to make it a priority to understand what motivates each of your team members. You have to make it a priority to understand that their motivators will be different. Some people are motivated intrinsically, some are extra extrinsic and meaning that some people are motivated by affirmations words of recognition things like that maybe getting a reward while others may be more rewarded by or feel motivated when they are given bonuses now is, is that just too much time I mean, do I, I mean do I have to be like I work with them this is not you know this is work right yes, so yes. when I go to work I'm here to do a job so Absolutely. you mean I gotta pay attention to the people that I work with and I gotta you know make mental notes about what they telling me and you I gotta actually engage with them on a level that's meaningful and means that can't I just go to work and tell them what to do and and let them do it and we all go home you could but you won't have a team of engaged people meaning you won't have people who are coming to work showing up every day doing their best work with the vision of the company in mind with understanding what their what I like to call contribution meaning is meaning understanding what their responsibilities and the work that they produce how it contributes to the bigger picture, i.e. your customer, your patient, whoever your end consumer is. So yes, we can absolutely go into the workplace and not focus on connecting with the people who report to us, but we also shouldn't be surprised when they're not showing up, or more importantly, when turnover starts to increase. I was just going to say that. Because they're going to leave. And that's the bottom line. It's like, if I don't feel like I have a relationship with the people at work or yes. me being a manager with my, you know, staff, then it's easier for them to leave. Absolutely. You know, it's like one girl was uh, about to quit and um, she sent me a text and asking me, could she quit? And I'm like, girl, you got to do what you got to do. You got to have your business. And the, but that, that really spoke to my heart because that means that she cared enough. Yes. She valued my opinion enough Absolutely. to ask me, was it okay mm-hmm. before she moved on? Yes. And she was like, you know, I want to give you time to look for another employee and, mm-hmm. and put it out there even before I give my two weeks notice mm-hmm. so that you, you can be okay. Absolutely. And that won't happen if we don't have an employee engagement. Oh, no. I mean, so- 
statistics show, Gallup reported that in the U.S., now mind you, this is not the world, this isn't another country, in the United States where we live, oh, there are only 35% of employees who are actively engaged in their, in their work. That means those are the employee, employees who are showing up every day, doing their best, committed to giving quality, and committed to their customer, their end user, and being of service. That means that over 60% of U.S. employees are actively disengaged. And what does that mean? That means that they're only coming to work just because yeah. they've already checked out, meaning that they're just going through the motions and they're literally just doing enough just to get by. Mm. And those same employees also admitted in that same uh, survey that was done that they don't see themselves being employed at that same company within a year. Wow. So that just proves the amount of turnover. And if you take that no, those percentages alone and you apply them to your specific workplace, that mm -hmm. means over half of your people are likely disengaged. All because the manager feels that all they have to do is come to work and bark the mm -hmm. orders and everybody should just oblige. Yeah, that's so true. When you said that, that statement, it reminded me, um, my mother used to say, people come to work and do just enough to keep from getting fired. Yes. And the companies <laughs> pay them just enough to keep them from quitting. That's right. So it's on both ends, it's just enough. Exactly. I'm not giving any ups and extras and you're not getting exactly. any ups and extras. Exactly. So that, that and just imagine how that looks to the customer, the end user, the people who are supposed to be served by this business and product and service. They're not getting the quality service that they should be getting because there are disengaged people working there and disengaged employees tend to be a result of a poor or toxic and dysfunctional company culture. That is so true. And we all been there. We all been to um, the grocery store <laughs> where, the, yeah, what you want. You know, yes. we've all been to the place where they're not really trying to help you Absolutely. or they're helping you with an attitude. Absolutely. So we've all been there. So what makes the, why? so we already kind of went over why does the company culture matter? So yes. it matters because if you want to have these people program no people purpose mm -hmm. products and then your profit yes. so your purpose is why are you in the business yes. so with the purpose that's like a two-way street right yes okay yes with purpose is very key for every small business owner or every manager to understand what is the vision here why are we doing this mm -hmm. Because it can't just be about the money. Right. Because money will come and money will go. Money isn't going to keep good employees in the door. And money isn't going to keep customers coming. Okay. Okay? So you have to have a vision. And you most importantly have to have a shared vision. And what a shared vision is, is just not an, a manager or a business owner saying, this is what I want to happen. This is how I foresee it happening. Everybody get in line. People will naturally, especially adults, they don't like to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. So they're going to naturally resist to change. They're going to resist that. Right. So what you want to do is create a shared vision, meaning get very clear on why you're doing the work you're doing, why this company exists, who it is that you're trying to serve. That's really what's, what it's about. Okay. Who are you serving? Because okay. you're serving your customer, but you're also serving your employees. What do you want them to get out of the, mm -hmm. the experience of working with you and for mm -hmm. your company? And when you're clear on that, you're able to gain buy-in from your team, from all of your employees, so that they feel like they have, again, that contribution meaning. Me working here, solves this problem right. me working here serves this person and i mean let's just face it and um and we're talking about the word and what 
the Lord says uh -huh. about leadership, you know, in Mark 10 45, he clearly says that the son of God was sent here not to be served, but, but to, to serve, serve. <laughs> you know, Amen. so that's the ultimate level of servant leadership. And I believe that if we all just shift our perspectives into focusing on the people and the purpose of them being a part of our vision and really create actionable, meaningful steps so yes. they know what their work has meaning towards, right. then they'll start to really see and cultivate a better company culture. Yeah, that's good because just knowing the whole servant leadership piece. So when you think about servant leader, I think in the past, mm -hmm. most people was um, top down yes. management, yes. you know, just top down. And the whole concept of bottom up management just never had even got on the radar. But I believe that we as the body of Christ, we as Christian networking entrepreneurs, we need to go to what the word says Absolutely. and bring a whole new perspective mm -hmm. to the workplace, knowing that if you are in the workplace, that's your marketplace ministry. It sure is. So as you're doing your marketplace ministries, know that you don't have to come in with your Bible hitting people over the head <laughs> and speaking in tongues and anointing them with oil at work. If, it, if you gotta do that, you gotta do that. Right. But it's all about living out the biblical principles. Absolutely. It's all about biblical. So if, if you're living out the biblical principles, you probably won't have an intoxic, a toxic toxic environment absolutely okay. because if you're living out the principles and you're focusing on servant leadership let's just first of all look at what leadership is okay. and i think a lot of people mistake leadership for uh just this negative view of power and the biggest thing that you have to understand about leadership is that leadership is about influence and that crosses when it comes down to management because management you're managing a process but you have to lead people and in doing that it's very 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 important to understand that your power the authority that you have to influence people mm -hmm. means much more and is more effective when you focus on influence rather than trying to enforce. When you get people to buy into your vision, when you get people excited and wanting to be a part of something bigger than themselves, they will show up. They will. They will show up. That doesn't discount accountability. That doesn't mean that you don't have to correct things as necessary. That's what leadership is about. Mm -hmm. But enforcing people to do something is only going to create more resistance. So you want to bring them on, on board, let them buy into the vision, create that shared vision and influence them to do better than you. But as you lead them, you should be modeling what you want them to, to display. You can't have expectations for your team that you don't hold yourself to. It just doesn't work that way. They'll call you out on it. That is so true. And then the whole modeling piece, right? So I like that you made a, a distinction between management and leadership yes. because it's a big difference. Huge. Just because you're a manager doesn't mean that you're a leader. Absolutely. And I'm with you on that. Leaders lead people. Yes. Leaders influence people to do do what is right. That's why I want to come from that. No, you can is. influence people to do what's wrong. Absolutely. Too. But that's what leaders do. And then managers manage processes and procedures. Yes. So just because you're a good manager doesn't, doesn't make, make you, you a, a good, good leader. leader. Absolutely. Speak to that. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, you just summarized it right there. It doesn't. Managers manage processes. So you, you're given a set of, of expectations as a manager. You have to focus on reporting. You have to make sure you know numbers are well and depending on right. what type of role that you have forecast and whatever it is that you do you have to make sure that the workflow is operating correctly you have to make sure that you're reaching the goals that have been set from you by upper level management 
But as a leader, it almost seems like they contradict. They don't have to, they don't. but they, in some ways, do if you only go into, into working with people with management personality. You can't. You can't put a round peg into a square hole. You just can't do it. And when it's important, I like to encourage managers to just make sure that identify who you are as a leader or the lack thereof, meaning the lack of leadership skills that you may have. Pay attention to how people respond to you, and more importantly, pay attention to how you speak to them. How are you interacting with people on a daily basis? Are you just constantly accusing (laughs) are you just constantly monitoring the process or the output those are great you need to manage output but that engagement piece because engagement employee engagement is a relationship it's not a program Mm -hmm. that's not going to come until you recognize and make a priority to keep your team engaged and the only way to do that is to lead them be a servant leader understand what their needs are to do their job well understand what concerns and and challenges they're having in the workplace and make it easier for them Mm -hmm. try to reduce those frustrations because the more you tend to them the more they're going to put quality work into their work day the more they're going to produce quality that's so true and then knowing that you know as you're dealing with people leaders and managers need to know themselves absolutely so you have to know who you are and get what you need yes so you can show up Absolutely. Self-awareness, in my opinion, self-awareness is important for any person to have. (laughs) No matter what you do, you have to be aware of who you are and how you show up in this world as yourself. No one should be able to tell you something about you that you haven't recognized for yourself. But more important than self-awareness, you have to be able to control. There has to be a level of self-control there as well. So as a leader, I have to be aware of the type of leader that I am. Am I more of a visionary? Am I more structured? Am I more empathetic as a leader? Those characteristics that I have and how I interact with my team are going to affect the way they respond to me. It's going to affect how the output is done, how the how the work is being produced. If I'm too focused on the vision, Perhaps that also may cause me to not make or make decisions or be as focused on quality of work because I'm looking at the bigger picture rather than every intricate step that it takes to get to that bigger picture. That doesn't mean that being a more of a visionary leader is wrong. Mm-hmm. It just means that I have to be aware of how I'm showing up as a leader and how I can better serve my people and not be so focused on one versus the other, but make it work in harmony. And that's so true because when you have self-awareness, when you're aware of yourself, your strong points, your weaknesses, your areas of opportunity, then that way when you bring a team together, you know where the gaps are, right? Absolutely. So if I'm this focused and, and I get at this I need to bring somebody in who is strong in those areas where I'm not strong so when I bring somebody in then that makes a complete picture we got yes. a whole pie the body that like the body of Christ yes. every joint yes. supplies Absolutely. and every need and that is so important but the whole servant leadership piece that's where we need to be yes and understand that we are servants mm-hmm. and we lead as well and that's so important yes. so let's talk about those toxic environments in a corporate company mm-hmm. culture what might they mm-hmm. look like Oh, it's several things, but I would say the more common signs of a toxic company culture is, number one, high turnover. Okay. If you can't keep people in your workplace and on your team for a significant period of time, I would say three to five years minimum, and it's a constant revolving door, 
it's nine times out of ten because of a toxic culture. And I would also like to piggyback on that and say that majority of the time, the source of a toxic company Ooh, culture. All right, now let's get ready. Put your seatbelt on. I feel like we coming for a landing, okay? A lot right. of times, and this may, you know, sound bad, but it, it's true. A lot of times the source of a toxic company culture is a bad boss because that's also the reason why people leave. There have been, I've done specific surveys on that and polls on that, and I've also read them, and all you have to do is just look it up. There are statistics shown that, comp that employees don't leave companies because they want more money. Yes, that's a perk. They don't leave companies because they just want something better. Yes, that may be true, but the, my, the primary reason they leave is because of a bad boss, and a bad boss is essentially just a poor leader. So poor leadership would be the next reason yeah, why yeah. a company is toxic. It doesn't. You can have several managers, but if they're not equipped to lead people and to understand how important engagement is and how to engage with people, that contributes to toxicity in that work environment and for those people. Um, other signs of a toxic company culture would be just dysfunction and how people work together. Okay. Is it because essentially what company culture is? It's the unwritten norms. Okay. What is normal in a company culture? What is normal in this workplace that technically may not have been said or right. written down mm -hmm. on a plaque or given to you on your first day in the right. handbook? It's the it's the way we operate, the way we work with each other, the way we interact with each other. Is it common for people to just argue just because? Mm -hmm. Is it common? for people to complain more than they, in a sense, compliment mm -hmm. in the workplace? Mm -hmm. Is it common for a boss or someone in, in leadership to berate an employee in right. front of others? Right. That's an unwritten norm. Yeah. That sends the message that this is okay. This is, how, this is just how we do things. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make it right. It's actually dysfunctional and it's toxic. And I would also say that another sign of toxic company culture would be the focus on production and profit. Instead, and, of people. instead of the people yeah, and the purpose yeah. when and don't get me wrong I understand we're in business <laughs> I understand that money has to be made I understand that we have to produce products and services and things of that nature but when you operate from a management or leadership level and as a small business owner when you operate with that as your priority first you are essentially creating a work in, a workspace where people are the last on the totem pole. Right. And if you're not focusing on how they can do their job better so that the product can be produced correctly, so that profit can be made because customers are being served correctly, you're creating toxicity in that culture yeah. without knowing it. Because yeah. in your mind, you're thinking, we have to make money. But the people come before the money. You need the people to make the money. Put the focus on them so that everything else can fall in play. And we've talked about the stats on that. We've yeah. talked about the percentage yeah. of how it works when you focus on culture and people first. Yeah, so it's so important to focus on people because when you when you say ROI, yes. the first thought is a return on an investment. Mm -hmm. And then when you say ROI, you think about money, yeah. right? Cause you, but then there's a ROI as it relates to the investment in people yes. as well. Yes. So for your return on your investment and taking this time, to take the time to spend the time yes. to do what it takes to invest in yes. the people yes. the return will be even that much greater absolutely mm -hmm. because it, 
we we don't just invest monetarily. We right. invest time every day. And your team essentially is spending 40 or more hours a week in their in, in your office, right. in your workspace. Mm-hmm. That's in a year's time frame, that's pre- that's more than half mm-hmm. <laughs> of a year. Mm-hmm. So think about that investment that they're putting into working with you. So if you take the time to invest in them as a person, meaning understanding what they need to do their job well, invest in their professional development, giving them what they what they need to do their job well, giving them the resources, helping them develop those skill sets so that they can actually grow in their role. When you focus on them, that is going to surpass your expectations for production and output and then profits. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, I want to make it clear that when you focus on people, that's not just the employee, but it's also the customer. Yeah. Which already, it rings back to service. (laughs) When we focus on service and leading with the service mindset and making sure that any path we can clear for our employees and our customers is done, Mm -hmm. that return is going to be tenfold. It is. And when you think about customers, you know, you say, to me, your employees are your customers, right? First customer. Because you have your internal customers, which is your employees. And then you have your external customers, which is the guests that your employees serve if you're in a service industry, right? Even in retail, you know, Absolutely. so you have your internal um, customers and your external customers, and it, it would behoove you mm-hmm. to take the time to give them what they need. Absolutely. But I hear you out there talking. I already hear you. It's like, <laughs> you like, I'm going to invest this money in these people, mm-hmm. and then the next thing I know, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them this training. I'm going to give them everything that they need, and then the next thing you know, they gone, and then I'm stuck, and I got to start all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, that that is typically what the response is. But I would say this. Number one, uh, like I already mentioned, and that has already been proven uh, study-wise and survey-wise, people don't leave a job for more money. They leave a job because they had a bad boss. Mm -hmm. The more you can focus on yourself as a leader and how you're leading that person, how you're serving that person and developing them, is going to benefit your company. Now, does that mean that that's going to guarantee that they'll stay for 20 years? No, it doesn't. But in life, nothing is permanent. Nothing is guaranteed. Everything changes. Everything changes. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you want to know that the people who've who've worked with you and for you have been equipped with everything that they need to do their job well and that they're going to carry out those skills elsewhere? Mm -hmm. That's the impact of a leader. A leader creates more leaders, not followers. Mm -hmm. Because essentially, if you're only creating people who are working with people where I like to call them fetchers, where you just want to tell them what to do and then they do it and they don't have any sense of initiative to make decisions as you would. You haven't done a great job as a leader. Your team should be able to operate, make decisions, just as you would whether you're in their presence or not. That is so true. So you call them fetches? Fetchers. Fetchers, okay. And I call them yes ma'ams. I don't want all these yes ma'ams. I need you to be able to think. I need you to be able to make a decision. I need you to be able to think things through and and just know what's next. And then I know now, like a lot of companies, whether it's personal development or um, education, 
-hmm. they're having employees sign some kind of agreement right so that's a thought you know Mm -hmm. um if you if i send you to this training and you go to this training then you're signing an agreement that you're going to stay here for at least the next year yes and then that way you're getting a return on your investment but you're working with a better quality person absolutely so that's going to help all the way around, all the way around. So what happened when companies don't make um, company culture a priority or if companies just kind of stay in that vein, we toxic, we know we toxic, this where we live? You're going to experience more employee turnover, meaning you're going to get that revolving door. You can't get people to stay in your company, but more importantly, you can't get the right people to stay there because the right person, no matter whether or not their skill set meets the job criteria, if they don't feel like they're engaged while working there and the, right. and the, and the culture is toxic, mm-hmm. they're not going to stay. So you're going to see that. And essentially, you know, I, I think a lot of people have to adjust their perspective about that. It's like, okay, well, you know, it, it, be quick to hi- or quick to fire hire and quick to fire and it's like no that's that's not okay you want to get the right people yeah, but yeah. that costs you more it, does. it costs much more Time, to keep energy, bringing more yes. people in than it is yes. to just do right by the people that you have mm-hmm. and develop them yeah so the development is very important yes so um the last question about the whole company culture piece is what is needed to build or rebuild a company culture absolutely uh as we've kind of alluded to and and specified more than once it's about the people and it's about the purpose i would suggest any small business owner number one when you're hiring people hire for purpose and not production i know that that i need people i need people to produce i need this to get done we have a large project whatever the case is i understand that however you want to bring people on board who genuinely want to be there and in order for you to ensure that you have to be clear on what the purpose and the vision is of your company so i would encourage uh small business owners and those who are experiencing toxicity in their company culture and you want to rebuild it or you realize that now I need to start paying more attention to it number one look at the leadership you have to pay attention to leadership because who's leading in your organization is who's going to drive that culture and drive the engagement levels with your team so check your leadership including yourself (laughs) understand what type of leader that you are and in addition to that understand that you need to invest in good leadership ensure that the people who are managing others in your workplace are well equipped to be leaders and not just managers and then from there i would say focus on the purpose what are we working towards mm-hmm. well, who are we serving why are we doing this get crystal clear on this make sure your leadership team is crystal clear on this because when you have clarity on why you're doing this work you can drive the other pieces accordingly and then the people yes understand who you're working with understand why they're working with you get to know them stop making employee engagement complicated it's not complicated and it's not one person's responsibility it's just relationship building and you can very well still maintain a level of professionalism in the relationship that you have with your team without being overly friendly it's just about getting to know them so that you can better serve them so they can better serve your customers and produce greater greater output that's awesome and that's 
that's cool that you said that. It's like because it's one thing to be friendly. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be their friend. You <laughs> yes. know, like I tell, I'm not your friend. Yes. I'm friendly, but yes. I'm not your friend. I got friends outside here. <laughs> Absolutely. I got friends that I've known for 20 years, and I barely get a chance to talk to them. So yes. that's not the case. Yes. But when you talk about the people, I thought about, like, for the service industry that I'm in, a lot of times I hire people based on their personality and their attitude. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm looking for, in our industry, the beauty industry, you have to have the right personality yes. and you right have, have the right attitude. It doesn't matter your skill set. Because yes. you can be the coldest hairstylist, the coldest colorist, yes. the baddest makeup artist, all of that. Yes. But if your personality sucks yes. and your attitude is yes. bad, then yes. people don't even want to be in your presence. Absolutely. right? So that's so important. And then you talked about the vision of the company. Yes. So a lot of times when I'm talking employees or potential team members, I let them know what the vision of corporate is. I let them know what my personal vision is. Yes. And then I ask them, what is their vision? Yes. And then the key is, do all three visions align up? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Uh-huh. That's important. And I love the fact that you have your own vision as a leader. I encourage every person in leadership, if you have direct reports, have your own personal leadership goals and and leadership vision because that's what's going to help you make sure that you have the right people in place and that you're tending to your team the right way. And when it comes to your team, you have to be clear on why they're there. Why, why, Why are you here? What makes you want to be here? Again, and connect the contribution meaning. How is it that the work that you're doing while working here serves the vision, serves the people, and serves yours. And mm-hmm. when now all three are in sync, it's almost impossible to have a toxic company culture. Yeah, that's cool. But you know what? I didn't always have a leadership vision. <laughs> so um, uh, approximately about two months ago, I was in a program with this young lady, and she's totally dynamic. Her name is Deanna Appling, okay? so we I've did, heard of her. Uh-huh. So we went through this whole coaching um, process. So I went through your coaching process. Yes. And through your coaching process, you helped me to see a lot of things as it relates to the company culture to toxicity and all of that stuff you helped me to create the whole leadership vision for my team and then you know work with them so at this point I think this is a good time for us to do a call (laughs) to action what we want y'all to do so tell them about your company what it is you do how they can connect with you and all that good stuff (laughs) absolutely so like I said I hope small business owners and managers transform toxic and dysfunctional company culture and we do that by focusing on the three things that I just name the leadership the employee engagement and the vision the service and so essentially I work with those who are leading teams and help them create their leadership vision or identify what that is but more specifically make it actionable because it's one we can all I'm sure we've gone to businesses or companies or even worked for some Mm -hmm. where the vision is on the website or it's listed on a plaque somewhere no one knows what it is because it's just a bunch of Mm -hmm. words so essentially what I do is I help people get clear on what it is that they want to see happening in their company and aligning the leadership team with the employee team to be able to merge the two together and one of the key things that is done to do that 
is an employee experience feedback assessment. And that really gets clear on what your employees are looking for, what they are experiencing and witnessing as their experience there as an employee versus what leadership and management sees. And majority of the time, they are drastically <laughs> different. So I help create alignment and actionable steps and practices to increase leadership awareness and servant leadership capabilities as well as employee engagement. Yeah, so that was amazing. So when we worked together, um, we did a survey and mm -hmm. we sent it to my staff and they um, sent filled out the survey and we came back and assessed yes. the assessment from the employees. <laughs> and it, what was a good thing for me, you know, we wanted just more team. We wanted yes. to have more camaraderie in the um, salon and stuff. And we all wanted the same thing. Yes. So that made it a lot easier. First of all, I think that that speaks to the level of leadership awareness that you have of, of being able to lead in a way where you are that in tune with your team and what's going on with them. Because there weren't any drastic discrepancies as to what you thought some of the concerns and challenges were versus what your team did. Right. And in other situations, there are extremely drastic differences. But doing that really just makes it all clear. Because again, when we talk about things like vision or employee needs and engagement, people think it's fluff. They think, oh, you know, kumbaya session. We're going to just all get together right. and hold hands and <laughs> may act like nothing's wrong. And it's totally opposite from that. When you're clear on what's happening on both ends, you can create an action plan to be able to to build on that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were able to do together. We were, and I'm so excited, and it's, it's coming along really, really nicely. So that's the employee engagement planning package. Yes. So what do you have for my viewers? <laughs> what do you have? What do you have? So as I mentioned about employee engagement, one of the struggles with leaders, and if you have teams, is employee engagement. Because we have a lot on our plates. I get it. I understand. It's hard a lot of times to be intentional about connecting with your staff when you have to worry about meeting quotas mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure the results are there. So I created something that's called an employee engagement planning packet. And essentially what it is, is over 50 employee engagement activities, ideas, and gestures that okay. you can do with your team individually, which I suggest, as well as collectively, which I also suggest. Okay. And in this packet, it really just takes the guesswork of you having to figure out when do I engage with my employees what do I do to boost engagement and it has those activities and gestures and ideas and then it also has planning templates templates so it has an individual planning template where you are able to uh, outline the goals and the conversations the motivators and things of your team individually uh, each person and use that in your planning efforts as time goes on to keep them engaged and then there's also a calendar template in there where mm -hmm. you can map out every month which days or how you're going to strategically make it an initiative to engage your employees because it's easy to forget. And again, my example is the marriage. If you forget date nights because you're busy and your spouse <laughs> is busy, it's like it can happen, but what's going to happen with that connection? Yeah. It's going to dwindle. Yeah. And then you're going to be distant and that can breed resentment. It's no different in a workplace. Well, so that good. packet helps you do that. And I'm offering 15% off to all of you viewers and listeners. Uh, all you have to do is use the code CNE15 and and you can do that by going to, uh, there's a short link, which is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash E-E planning packet. And that stands for Employee Engagement Planning Packet. 
and you can get 15% off. And we will definitely put that in the body of the um, on Facebook and on um, YouTube and all of that stuff too. So that's wonderful. Just from tuning in, even if you're watching the replay, you can get 15% off the planning packet. And it's amazing. It just kind of helps you um, be aware and stay yes. conscious of what you need to do to go in. You know, it's like when you were talking about this, I think about... Um, what is his name with the five love languages? Gary, Gary Chapman. Chapman. Right. Absolutely. I think about the five love languages. It's the same. It's you so know. the same. And he actually has a book about uh, workplace appreciation, too, with employees. Okay. And he talks about the different love languages from a leadership employee perspective. And I encourage any leader, if you have any direct reports, to read that book. Because everybody's form of motivation is different. It's and different. once you're clear on that, you can just get so much further. I love that. Because, you know, in, in his book, The Five Love Languages, he talks about how if you're giving me love in a way that I don't really receive yes. love, I'm not really getting filled up, exactly. right? But if you speak in my language and you giving me the love the way that I receive love, yes. it's just my love tank is overflowing, Absolutely. right? So when you were saying that, I was thinking about that because for somebody, a word of affirmation is not somebody who is motivated by a bonus. Absolutely. So you can tell them how good they're doing all day long <laughs> and they're not receiving that because they want to monetarily yes. know how good you think I'm doing, right? It's so true. And then somebody else you know wants words of encouragement and affirmation somebody wants you to pat them on the back yes. add a boy add a mm -hmm. girl so yeah that makes a difference give us all your contact information sure uh you can go to baproinc.com that's b-a-p-r-o-i-n-c.com that's the website for more information on the services that i offer as well as uh freebies that i offer so if you are someone who's new to leadership i have a new leadership a new leader success toolkit that has a ton of different uh, templates and a leadership style uh, evaluation that you can fill out to understand the type of leader you are, as well as tools on how to delegate and a bunch of different things that'll help you in your leadership walk. Uh, and I also want to offer, because I know it's sort of taboo to do this nowadays, everything is go to social media, but I'm willing to speak with anyone who is curious about what are the next steps to transform their toxic company culture. And I'm willing to get on the phone with you so if you go to bit.ly bit.ly slash culture clarity you can schedule a free call with me a free clarity call and we can get clear on what's going on with your team and how you can progress uh, on social media at BA Pro Inc and uh, I look forward to connecting with you guys yeah and you also have a um, don't you have a podcast my podcast talk absolutely about talk about that I do have a podcast that is on um, Apple Podcasts Stitcher and Spotify it's called Culture Building Like a Pro and it's basically a bunch of simple tactical things that you can do quick tips to make employee engagement and company culture simple it's not complicated but we complicate it so the podcast is just designed to help those in leadership management and small business owners be able to build their company culture like a pro even if you don't have the time <laughs> <laughs> and we all can use a little yes. more time we, yes. but you know what you have to take the time to invest in you yes absolutely it's so important to yeah. take the time to invest in you yes so tell them how important that is <laughs> investing in yourself is extremely important because number one especially if you're in a management or a leadership role you're not just working for yourself 
You're not just doing the work for you. There are other people who are looking to you. They're looking for a level of influence and impact from, from, from you. And it's important for you to take initiative in developing yourself in those areas so that you can lead people the right direction. The last thing any of us want to do is to be known as, oh, I had this boss one time and she was horrible or he was terrible. No one wants to be remembered that way. So take it upon yourself to ensure that you're being remembered for influencing and impacting people's lives so that they can go forward in their career and creating other leaders just like you did with them. Awesome. That's amazing. You have been tuning in to Christian Networking Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Pastor Teresa McCurry, also known as Pastor T. And here at Christian Networking Entrepreneurs, we help emerging entrepreneurs, small business, and community leaders get the resources, strategies, and connections needed to grow their business. Not just grow your business, but grow as a person, personal development and business development. And remember, Remember, if you don't network, you don't work. Thank you for tuning in to Christian Networking Entrepreneurs. Thank you so much, Deanna, Thank for being you. my guest today. I, I really, really appreciate that. So look at the links below. Um, connect with her. Give her a call as it relates to the 30-minute clarity call. It'll be the best 30 minutes that you use. Um, get the resources that she have available for us here at Christian Networking Entrepreneurs. Remember the code, CNE15. CNE15. Thank you for tuning in. My time is up, and I want to thank you for yours. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>